Welcome back to the Andrew Curtis Show, and thanks once again for uh, downloading, listening in your car, uh, wherever you happen to be. appreciate you taking the time to listen to this week's guest in particular. Okay, straight up. In the last couple of years, nobody has impacted my thinking more than the guest that we have on the show this week. Uh, his name is Greg Menendez, and his insights into how the mind works uh, in fact, not solely his own, he's uh, is very much a student of these sorts of things as I am, uh, but has been very generous with what he has learnt uh, and invested a lot of that time into me that I just knew he was somebody I needed to have on the program. So um, if you're one that likes getting your, your, your thinking kind of shaken up, but also just to be inspired about how to develop human potential, um, you are going to get so much out of this. It's incredibly insightful. Here's Greg. Well, first and foremost, Greg Menendez, welcome to the program. <laughs> thank, thank you for having me. Um, let's talk about human potential. Let's talk about potential. Cool. Um, this podcast, in many ways, um, I'm happy to actually count Greg as uh, both a friend and a mentor for me too. Um, and even the approach that I've taken to to learning and and personal growth has been incredibly influenced by the insight that you've shared with me. Because um, I know you're also someone who's captivated by this, by this idea of unlocking human potential so tell me a little bit about that where did that come from and where'd that come from um that's a really good question um i don't feel like i got a like an answer for that straight off the bat mm -hmm. i think i think it's just come from my my life journey and i i um <clears throat> life was going well and then the wheels came off mm. you know and i um I, in fact, I, you know, we're, we're doing this podcast in Browns Bay where you live and this is my old hunting ground because I used to work at Nike around the corner as marketing director and it was a great job and then uh, Nike downsized and I got made redundant and then I thought, oh yeah, you know, I, got, I just drew the, straw, the short straw mm. and then I, not long after being made redundant, I was just sort of flooded with feelings of insecurity and I didn't know where they were coming from and I realised that I was actually an insecure person. And I didn't, I didn't know that was the case. Wow. It, it had been so chronic and constant in my life. It was just a part of life. And I didn't know it was going on. It's like saying to a fish, you know, the, the water's a bit cold this morning. And the fish goes, <laughs> water? What water? Yeah, you right. Know? Yeah. Um, and I, so I didn't know I, I was insecure. I didn't know that I was insecure. And the way that I lived and managed with that insecurity was with ego. Mm. That was the way that I managed and coped with my, with my insecurity was to, you know, have ego in my life. And... I spent a lot of time looking at other people and observing them and making sure that they were happy with me. That's where my happiness came from, was other people's perspective of me or what they, what I thought they were thinking about me. Mm. So I spent a lot of my time saying clever things or funny things. <laughs> On a good day, I say something clever and funny, <laughs> smash the ball out of the park. And that was ego. And sometimes, you know, yeah. that would show up as poor, poor behavior and poor form. Sure. So I got made redundant flooded with insecurity and I had to go I had no choice but to go on a pathway of self growth and development to sort myself out because life wasn't sustainable yeah um, and then I had a whole lot of benefit from going on that journey um, and and then one day I realized that um, when I looked at nature I saw that nature expresses itself fully and and it seems to be realizing its potential the whole time mm. And I realised that that wasn't the case in human nature. Yeah. And that didn't that stru struck me as wrong. Yeah. And I thought, man, I want to be like nature. Right. You know, there has to be an element of 
there has to be a simple explanation of human nature which will let me flourish mm. like I see nature flourishing because that's mm. all I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, be happy and flourish, really. Yeah. And that served me well, mm. that intrigue. Mm. There's so much to that. So much to that. Um, even this idea of just people looking to pursue pursue happiness um, that on the one level is actually interesting in, in some study I've done on this as well just because you pursue your fascinations, right? Um, that in in our culture, our to, to pursue happiness has sometimes been seen as a selfish kind of thing. Mm. Um, but it's a universal universal need right like how do we how, how do we get through life without a sense of, of well-being mm. um have you had any observations on that sort of thing it's probably easier for me to talk about happiness if i may yeah please and um i guess i guess what i used to do was um behave in a particular way to try and create happiness mm. and that put a lot of um doing on my plate mm. And I, and I unconsciously or unknowingly became um, a human a human doer or a human doing. Mm. Um, and now I realise that um, happiness is actually built into life and, and we're actually, um, before we mess with the system, we are happy. Right. It's, it's already there. It's not something we need to create. Mm. It's, it's more of something that it's already there and it's, it, our opportunity is to seal or have it revealed. Mm. It's not something to create, it's already present. Yeah. And that comes from taking things off your plate or from simplifying. And the, less, the, the more you become a human being, you see mm. that happiness is folded into our beingness. Mm. It's not something to create, it's already there. Mm. And uh, what I notice is that when you see that, you could argue that it's, it's a selfish thing to see that. But once you've seen it and you experience it and you're happy moment to moment, day to day, you naturally become more selfless. Mm. Uh, you become, you're in touch with more capacity, health, wisdom, well-being and capacity, which means you can look after others better. Yeah. So just a small little dollop of looking after yourself lets you profoundly help others way more. Mm. Mm. So I think being selfish... Um, a little bit upfront is to be encouraged. Mm. It kind of makes me think of that. Um, Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It makes me think of that analogy. You know, you get on on planes with, uh, you know, you put your own oxygen mask on first, mm. kind of thing. Mm. Um, in fact, kind of to unpack one of those thoughts, something that I've been kind of an idea I've been toying with as well for a little while, is you know when you talk about these things being that that happiness being a, a basic part of human nature. I heard a phrase that I really liked. And I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Somebody talked about your own psychological immune system mm. and i thought you know it's interesting with with the body for example if something comes along that upsets my body that i become unwell um i have an immune system that works that will restore me to balance if i just let it do its thing mm. um and if i focus on what's made me sick and get anxious about it and stressed out about it mm. if anything it'll take me longer to come right mm. um and what i have learned a huge amount from um from you is in the same way, you know, for our, the way that our minds work as well, is that we have a natural way of being restored to to balance mm. if we kind of just get out of our own way. Mm. Um, in my own life, I realized that I cope with stuff by a lot of extra thinking. Mm. Um, so it's not about going through life completely unaware, but I would analyze and then overanalyze and then reanalyze and round and round and round. And what I found was 
similar to that sick person who just becomes more and more neurotic. That mm. was where I was getting at mm. with my thinking. Mm. And the moment I saw, well, actually, your mind is designed to restore you to balance. And mm. if you actually chill mm. out, mm -hmm. get out of your own way, you can experience it more regularly. Mm. How does that sit with you? Yeah, no, that, that's on the money, totally on the money. Um, and that, in fact, that's what I do is I teach people how the mind works. Mm. And my driving force for that uh, is that I'm all about helping individuals and teams to to flourish so they can realise their potential. Mm. And when people don't understand how the mind works, because we're not taught at school. No. Um, they make it up, mm. consciously or unconsciously. They make up how they think it works. Yeah. And with respect, I haven't met anyone yet that's got it right. Wow. Um, Why is it so hard for us? Um, well... I think, I think society has ended up unwittingly created a, a shrine to what I would call IQ. Mm. And society and schooling and education is all about, you know, storing and retrieving data. Yeah. And being right and not making mistakes mm. and um, avoiding being the dunce and all these sorts of things. Yeah. And it's, it's quite different from, um, you know, so it's all about IQ and there's no... There's no emotions in that, or there's no EQ. Mm. Um, you know, when I had emotions show up in my life, <coughs> excuse me, emotions were an excuse for me to run away or hide or shrink, yeah, or freeze or whatever. Mm. Uh, but emotions freaked me out, mm. um, and now I understand that emotions um, can lead me to breakthrough thinking and insights and progress and energy and flourishing and, and the realization of potential. So now I run towards them with my arms open. Mm. I'm all over them like a rash. And I didn't know that EQ could support me in life. Right. And I was never taught that at school. No. But I think when you look at um, old, older civilizations where people live in an, intergener in an intergenerational way, the elders tend not to work because mm. there's plenty of people to do the heavy lifting in the community. Sure. And they tend to observe. Mm. And um, what I find is that they observe talents inside people like they might say to you Andrew look you know you're great at catching fish we need fish mm. the tribe needs to eat you go and fish all day bro and you're off fishing and you're happy because mm. you're fascinated by it yeah right and they, they can see that fascination and that talent in you mm. and someone else might be good at building a flax basket or a fence or whatever so mm. they they reveal these talents to people and school doesn't do that no uh, you know, for you to see a talent in yourself or to um, experience fascination or curiosity takes your emotions mm. but we're not taught what they are where they come from or how they work mm. and the thing that's just curious you know I'm as, as you know I'm I'm partially dyslexic so I'm, I'm always looking at words yeah and muxing them up and stuff that happens in the background without me doing it but what I love about the word potential is inside that word potential is the word talent mm. which which to me says that talent fuels potential and talent also spells latent and I love that too because latent means that it's already existing in us mm. and all of us have got talents inside of us that we haven't yet seen. Mm. But how do you reveal those talents to yourself or how, how are they revealed to you when you're not living in an intergenerational community yeah. where you have someone who's old and wise and observing mm. and noticing and bringing them to your attention? How do you mm. find your talents? And the cool thing is, is that we can use insight to reveal talents to ourselves and we can use insight to to see talent in others. Mm. And when I teach people how the mind works, they get to understand what insight is, where it comes from, 
and everyone has the capacity to have insight. Mm. And when you understand how the equipment works and you get out of your own way, as you spoke to, you have more insight in your life. Mm. And I used to have two or three a year, always helpful, breakthrough, really mm. helpful. And now I have two or three a week. Mm. That's helpful. Yeah, yeah. So that idea of... Sorry for the short answer. No, this is perfect. I mean, if anything, I want to talk as little as I can today. Um, when you spoke then, there's a couple of things there. I mean, you talked about emotion and, and the change in approach you've got towards that now. But I, I want to go back a little bit further again, though. Um, and just this idea of, of how the mind works. Um, if we were to unpack that from you know, first steps, where would you, where would you start to, for somebody listening right now who wants a clearer understanding of how the mind works and how it can much more be their ally, where would you begin? That's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to have a crack at that from two ways. Cool. Uh, bear in mind that I normally run a two-day workshop. So. <laughs> It'll so be a long podcast. We'll be all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the goal would not be to you know, try yeah. and squeeze a two-day workshop into like yeah, of course. 50 minutes. Yeah. Um, firstly, I want to say that as you spoke to with the immune system, there's a lot of intelligence that's flowing through us. Mm. And, um, you know, if you cut yourself on, that, on your hand and, and, and you just keep the wound clean, it, mm. will, it will mend itself. Mm. And, and there's, people have analysed that there's a couple of hundred processes that kick in and, mm. you know, a matrices formed and different types of blood and antibodies arrive and there's like a, there's, there's a, there's a, little, there's a little factory going on to heal your hand. Mm. And as long as you keep it clean and don't interfere, it comes right. Mm. Now, if you didn't understand that how that worked, and you picked it at each day, mm. it would it would never heal, or it could get worse. Would, you know, your hand could fall off, right? Yeah, right. So, so the more we get out of our own way and actually let the the wisdom and intelligence that's built into life do its work, we have more success. And you know, you, your wisdom and intelligence flowing through you is is looking after your heart pumping and your immune system. Um, it's it's having you pay attention to this conversation and you're not actively doing it. You're sitting up straight without falling over. That's mm. part of that intelligence and wisdom that's built into life. Mm. And the same thing is built into our mind. And we've got the ability to solve any problem we want by using mind as the, as the tool to do that. Mm. Uh, but if you don't know how it works, then you can't lean on it or rely upon it. Sure. And in the absence of understanding how it works, people end up engaging with what I would call a lot of personal thinking. Yeah. And they think they need to think their way through life. Mm. And that gets us through because mm. you're here now as am I. Sure. But the more we relax, then thinking doesn't come from us personally. It comes from the impersonal. It comes from this greater intelligence in life, which we're going to call mind, mm. or we could call uh, universal mind mm. for one of a term. And that's where I get insight from. Mm. It's the same place you get insight from. And I know you've had insight because I've been with you when you've had them. Yeah. You've probably witnessed me have insight. You've witnessed other people have insight. Insight is available in life. Mm. And as I say, I now have at least 50 times more in my life by understanding how it works. Mm. So I don't overthink things like I used to. Mm. Uh, it's changed completely the way that I problem solve. Mm. In fact, my mentors in, in, in Boston, in the States, um, they only think about stuff for 30 seconds because um, they know that after that they're overthinking it. Wow. And they just drop it and, and carry on in life. And um, they just know and trust that mind will give them an answer to that query, mm. which is how it works. 
Yeah, I mean, I've heard a phrase that's used to describe that, that if you understand that your mind is designed for success, it is designed to help you, mm. um, you can rely on that mm. uh, and it changes your approach. And, you know, when you were saying that, I was almost like having Vietnam flashbacks uh, to, you know, the, the prior approach, which would have been that overthinking, that if you don't know, I mean, we haven't really talked, tried to define, I guess, what an insight is. And for me, a simple way of describing that is just simply new thinking showing up that's helpful. Hmm. Um, and if you're not aware that that is just a, a natural function of how you were designed, hmm. how you were how you were put together, hmm. um, we do fall back into, or I have fallen back into, um, analyzing totally, which is just repackaging the knowledge or thinking that I've already got totally. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's Groundhog Day, hmm. and most people are living Groundhog Day. Yeah, and most people don't want that. Because when they look at Groundhog Day and they look at their life, they go like, well, I'm happy sometimes, but not as often as I'd like. Mm. I've got, got a whole lot of patterns which are unhelpful. Mm. You know, I might be sick. I've got low energy. Um, not really enjoying my job. Don't have a lot of inspiration or fascination in my life. You know, and these things are freely available. Mm. So it's um, it's it's quite a profound shift. Yeah. Mm. And that idea, too, of using your emotions to, to tap into deeper wisdom and intelligence as well. Can we speak to that for a little bit? Yeah, certainly. It's um, There's a couple of things I could say there, which I think would be helpful. One would be you spoke, you spoke about insights, and we haven't really talked about that much. The thing about an insight is when you know, when you're in an insight, your experience of life in the moment of that insight landing changes, mm. or your experience of life or your consciousness in that moment is different. And thankfully we feel because otherwise we wouldn't know that our experience of life or consciousness has changed in that moment because our feelings change. Mm. You know, when you when you have insight, your feelings change. Right. And insights are also known as eureka moments, epiphanies, aha moments, mm. bolts out of the blue. There's a bunch of names. And um, you know, you know you're having an insight because you feel different. Mm. And it's it's often quite remarkable. Yeah. And that's a, that's a really, really helpful feeling to acquaint with in life because mm. it's, it's available. We, we have the capacity to have insight 24-7. Sure. So it's a really helpful capacity or, and feeling to notice mm. um, because once you've built a relationship with that and you realize that you can have them, you start having more. Mm. And then you start noticing the little insights. Mm. It's, it's like uh, an insight can feel like an earthquake would be a, would be a good analogy. Yeah. And once you've formed a relationship and you know what earthquakes for you feel like, Right. Then you can start feeling the smallest tremors. Yeah. And it can be really helpful. Mm, mm. You know, my wife lost her key for her car a couple of weeks back and she didn't know where it was. Mm. And I thought, well, I'm going to put this to use. Mm. If this mind is intelligent, I'm going to tap it and find out where the keys are. <laughs> so I go downstairs and I just said to myself, is the key down here? And I just noticed what my body did. Whoa. I noticed how it felt. Yeah. And there wasn't any tremor. So <laughs> I'm going, like, it's not downstairs. So I go upstairs. I go, is it upstairs? And I got a tremor. Huh. So I'm going like, cool. So then I walked into a room. I said, is it in this room? And I got another tremor. So I, I was able to, it's like a radar tracking system. That is awesome. Isn't that amazing? That's so cool. And then I realized that it was in the hoodie that she was wearing before she went to work. Right. So um, I went to ring her. And as I, pho- as I re- reached for the phone, she rang me. Yeah. Uh, and said, because she had driven huh. my car, because yeah. she couldn't find the key. She rang me and said, I think it's in my hoodie. So she, she had her own insight. Wow. Um, so that's pretty cool, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of actually a little one I had just recently too, along just the idea of 
how we talk to ourselves, the, the thinking that we have about ourselves and um, the idea that we are prepared to accept negative talk of, well, I'll say it actually for myself because that's probably more fair, um, often more prepared to accept negative thinking about ourselves as a, as a natural kind of thing. But when we talk about, you know, positive self-talk, it feels like a, I don't know, um, it can feel more like a, I mean, this is air quotes for people, uh, like a habit or a discipline or something like that, mm. that it's it's more natural or has been more natural for me to accept that you have negative thinking about yourself. Oh, that's mm. just life. But mm. to tell yourself positive things about yourself, mm. oh, no, that's mm. that's a technique or a thing. I was like, oh, isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah. And it was just that little kind of thing. You go, huh, okay. Yeah, you just notice stuff, eh? Yeah. Yeah, you just notice, you just notice things that you haven't noticed before Yeah. in a helpful way. Mm. I like what you said earlier about... Um, you know the mind is designed for success yeah um because on, on workshop um you know i frame it up with two with two key pillars and one pillar is that um the mind only works one way and the language i use around that is inside out mm. and the other aspect is that it's designed for success yeah and i'd like to talk to both if i could yeah please so that so i'll, I'll talk to the second point first which is the mind is designed for success a real simple way to explain that is that if you reflect on the, all of the insights that you've had, you would notice that they've always all been always been helpful. Yeah, and it's the same for me and my clients. So I work with hundreds of clients and do a lot of coaching and stuff, mm. and I I've I've never had one dud insight. Mm. Neither have my clients. Mm. And that, that's I, I'm not aware of any other phenomena in life where you can rely on it being gold every time. Yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah, it's just a nice it's nice to know that insight will never ankle tap you. Mm. That's pretty cool, eh? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because I love the mental picture of that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because because then you can relax more into life. Yeah. And and the more we relax and the more we calm down and the more we live in our body and in the moment, the more insight we're going to have. Yeah. And it's a the cool thing about insight is insight will reveal to you and take thinking out of your system that you don't need for your journey ahead. Mm. Or it's going to reveal to you and take thinking out of your system, which is preventing you from flourishing and realizing your potential. Mm. And with that thinking out of your system, that has you relax more because with that thinking out of your system, you're more in the present moment, which yeah. is where insight lives. Yeah. So the first point, the mind only works one way inside out, is, is probably the most, I think, fascinating aspect because it's the bit that people get wrong when they make up how they think the mind works. Right. And the short way of describing that would be to look at the anatomy. And if you look at the anatomy and you look at all of our senses, our eyes, ears, tongue, hands, etc., all of these things are facing outwards. Right. So, you know, my eyes are looking at you and I see you and I can touch the table and I can taste the water and I can hear the traffic outside. And it looks like life is out there happening to me. Right. That's what it looks like. Yeah. And it looks like my eyeball is a camera lens um, observing you. Mm. But what's actually happening is um, the mind only works one way and it works inside out, which means our experience of life is an inside-out phenomenon. Mm. And yes, there is a life out there, but my experience of it is happening inside me, mm. in mind, invisibly, instantaneously, and the vehicle of that experience is thought. Mm. So when I look at you, I, yes, I do see Andrew, but what I'm seeing is my thinking about you. Yeah. So if there was four people in this room, there would be four versions of Andrew mm. in this room because each individual would have different thinking about you. Yeah, You're here, you're real, but each person's got different thinking. Mm. And their eyeballs are not a camera taking 
a photo of you. Their mm-hmm. eyeballs are actually it, it's not it's not a it's a it's a projection lens projecting their thinking about you right onto you. Yeah, and that's what we experience. Yeah, so people get to see that life is a psychological experience. Yeah, and we're making it up moment to moment. Yeah, with our thinking, mm. and and we're not experiencing life. We're actually experiencing our thinking about life. Mm. We're not living in life. We're living in the feeling of our thinking about life. Yeah, and I don't want to sort of rush over that in a cursory way because that's a huge idea yeah and it's actually people talk about this as being a new not just a new understanding for human psychology but it's a new paradigm or a mm. new, it's a it's a big new understanding for human psychology and in fact it's, it, i can see it being a revolution mm. because to my mind there's a lot of confusion in psychology yeah and this is a simple single explanation that works all of the time and when yeah. people see it they it changes their relationship with their thinking mm. in a really, really helpful way. Mm. And people stop, People see that they're making it up. Yeah. And they take their thinking way less seriously. Mm. Um, see, because that, that's a point actually I want to jump in on as well, that idea that if when you realize it is your thinking that's creating that experience, um, kind of a, uh, an analogy that I've been working with to explain this to some people is even to look at, say, how people respond to being in traffic. Uh, you know, some people are in traffic and they're okay. I mean, you know, nobody wants to be stuck in traffic forever, but some people go, okay, I'm in traffic. That's Mm. what it is. Other people start to kind of tense up. Uh, Others go another level again and start shouting at people. Uh, And then you've got the occasions where somebody jumps out and there's a bit of road rage and things like that going on. And to me, it's saying, well, it can't just be the traffic that's causing that because we've got a whole bunch of people who are experiencing it differently. So it's not the traffic. Totally. It's the thinking about the traffic that one person says, ah, well, I mean, look, it's not ideal. Maybe this is just life. I took the wrong turn. I won't go this way again. And another person goes, this is getting in the way of me being where I need to be. Mm. This is a a battle that needs to be fought. I Mm. can't believe this is going on. And so they're in the same situation, Mm. having the same physical reality around them, Mm. but their personal experience is different. Totally. and that to me actually has made a huge sense. There's, there's a certain word I've tried to eliminate from my vocabulary when I saw this, mm. and that is the word obviously. Mm. Because what I realized I was doing was it's actually a, a tell of the things that I'm assuming about what are going on. Mm. Mm. So when I talk about a situation, I go, well, obviously people know that mm. blah, blah, blah. Mm. Obviously this is a difficult situation. Mm. Obviously this person mm. thinks this sort of thing. Mm. And it's really just a tell for me saying, this is what I think this looks like totally as opposed to what if it is just my thinking which mm. opens up a lot mm. of possibility mm-hmm. totally um can i paraphrase yeah please because i, I, I was a shouter oh right okay <laughs> yeah, big time big time like I, I, I was a road rage guy yeah yeah okay big, big right. time yeah before this understanding yeah sure but, but like i love what you said because you know you can have one situation mm. traffic yeah and 50 people will have 50 different experiences yeah so so where, where is that variability? Yeah. It's not coming from the situation. No. It's something else. And yeah. that, that something is thought. Yeah. And it, 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 it is the, excuse my turn of phrase, it's the constant variable. It's yeah. variable because we're, as human beings, we can think anything about anything. Yeah. But it's the constant aspect of all experience because it's the primary vehicle yeah. from which all experience comes from. Sure. And we're just experiencing our thinking. Yeah. About life, not life itself. And I don't think there's any... There's no lack of depth to how deep you can see that. Mm. You know, I've got people who my mentors have been 
sharing this understanding for 30, 40 years, and that they, they haven't reached the bottom of the barrel. They're still having insight into how this works and the impact, wow. which is quite amazing. Yeah. Um, but I, I used to be a, a road rage guy, and um, I'd drive around, I'd flip the bird all over the place, and <laughs> I'd, I'd swear at people. I mean, if they were big and I, and they thought they might, and they had a fast car, they could chase me and beat me up, <laughs> I'd flip the bird under the dash <laughs> so, so as to remain safe. But I, I, um, I read about this understanding, and I got it intellectually. Like, intellectually, you can get it in 90 seconds. Yeah, right. But that's IQ, and that's not helpful. No, right. Because that's just obvious. Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, not, it's not it. And, you know, but so the, the way that this impacts you is, you, you know, it's only when you see it insightfully are you impacted. Sure. Which takes, you know, EQ to use a, to you if we're going to use that yeah. way of describing things. Mm. So I, I'd read about this understanding, and I, so I had it intellectually. I'm going, oh, yeah, it makes sense. And I'm driving down the road one day, and this... This prick, excuse yeah. me, turn of phrase, yeah. pulls out in front of me, and I'm, you know, I flipped the bird, and I started, yeah. you know, swearing at him and stuff. And it's, but I, I noticed that I, I had road rage coming. I yeah. feel the road rage coming. Yeah. And it's like the road rage crept up my body in slow mo. Wow. I'd never had this before, so I'm driving along, getting road rage slow mo. <laughs> I'm going like, far out. What's going on? Yeah. And I, I freaked out because I'm yeah. going like, what's going to happen when this road rage gets to my head? I was worried that it was going to pop. Yeah, right. And it would be game over. Sure. So I'm going like, far out. And then I, then I saw, there's some yeah. air quotes, then I saw this neon sign which had my thinking. Yeah. About, you know, I had some unsavory thinking about this driver. You yeah. Know, you prick. Yeah. So then I saw this neon while I'm driving along. And then I realized that my feelings of road rage weren't coming from the guy, but from my thinking about the guy. Yeah, wow. So I experienced it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I don't know, it sort of feels like it was out of body and in body all at the same time. Yeah. But it was, um, that changed my life on a dime. Yeah, wow. Um, changed me as a human being, changed my life on a dime, impacted me so deeply that I now teach this. I've been teaching it for three and a half years. Mm. And you've seen me do it. Mm. Um, it's helped you because you, you, you're, you're having insights all over the shop. Mm. And you know that they're all always helpful. Yeah. And it's... Um, yeah, that, that was, but everyone's experience is different. Yeah. Um, but it's a funny old thing. It's like there's this treasure chest available in life and this thing called mind, and it's full of insight. Yeah. But it's got a little lock on it. Yeah. And the key to unlock the lock is insight itself. Interesting. Which unlocks yeah. the chest of insight. So yeah, it's a, right. It's curious. Mm. Curious by design. Mm. 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 I mean, that whole idea of curiosity is actually somewhere I definitely want to go to in a moment, but... Um, the, uh, the thought on the, the other point we talked about there as well in, in regards to the power of insight because if somebody's listening I've in my conversations explaining the difference between a good idea and an insight um, is that uh, an analogy I kind of borrowed actually from from yourself and some other reading that I've done was to think about it in terms of there was a time when everyone believed that the world was flat and it wasn't even questioned mm. actually it was just mm. that's that's the way the world mm. is mm. And there was a whole bunch of behavior mm. that came with that mm. that made perfect sense if the world was flat. Mm. Like, you know, sailors is the best mm. example. You know, mm. you don't you don't sail away from land if the world's flat because mm. you don't know where the edge is. You just not know it's not mm. on the coast. Mm. So uh, mm. all that behavior made sense. But when any individual sailor or group of them saw that the world was round, a whole bunch of behavior changed immediately and effortlessly. Mm. And I think that idea of effortless change mm. um, is a fascinating one for me mm. because I have observed a lot of change is communicated as a result of personal discipline mm. or committing to a, what is it like? 
I've heard people say upwards of like 40 days or something like that. If you do something for 40 mm. days, you rewire mm. your neural pathways and mm. you can do that. Mm. Like, I mean, that is a way. Mm. But the thing that I have observed about insight that makes it more powerful is that for me, once you've had an insight, the difference between an insight and a good idea, rather, is that once you've had an insight, you can't go back to the way things were before. Mm. So that once you know the world's round, mm. you can't suddenly forget and mm. go back to the world being flat. Like mm -hmm. it, it doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. But it unlocks a better experience of life. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about being responsive to insight, mm. seeing where they're coming from. Because I just know that when that happens, again, to use the flat earth analogy, when you suddenly realize it's round, you can be a lot more adventurous in life mm. uh, because you're not worried about falling off the edge of the world anymore. Mm. Mm. And just that little thing, if I am living in flat earth town and I see somebody else with round earth thinking, mm. I can copy their behavior. Mm. Mm. I can try and do what I see them doing, mm -hmm. but it's always going to be difficult and stressful mm. and effortful for me to do that. Mm. But if I have the insight, the behavior changes. I don't really even have to have to do anything. Yeah, totally. I love that. It's I love the effortlessness of that. Yeah, I see a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of people who have got. Um, I'm just trying to think of a good way to explain this. It's like in life, saying there's thinking which is helpful and unhelpful. Mm. Yeah, and that's a broad discriminator. But you know, we've got some good thinking and some bad thinking, or helpful, unhelpful. Sure. And and we can sometimes we're we're conscious or aware of it. So there's we can see helpful and unhelpful thinking. But then in life, there's thinking that we can't see or we're unconscious to, which is helpful and unhelpful. So mm. it's, it's like there's four quadrants. Sure. And it's there to use the ankle tap metaphor, it's the unhelpful thinking that we can't see that trips us up. Mm. And when we can't see that, we're making all of our thinking true mm. all of the time because it gives us the sense of safety or this mm. illusion of safety. Can you explain that a little bit, that idea of making your thinking true? Um, I'll give you an example. Thank you. I, I, won't, I won't mention client names because uh -huh. yeah. it's uncool. Um, <laughs> So I had a, a client once who was, um, their job involved consulting. Okay. And when they consulted, they struggled to maintain eye contact. Okay. So I'm looking at you now on this podcast and mm. we're just having a chat. I'm not falling in love. You know, I'm, I'm taking <laughs> A little bit. Yeah, a little yeah. Bit. Um, so this person struggled to maintain eye contact. Yeah. So when they were consulting in their job, they would, they, they, they struggle to look at the person. They would look somewhere else. Yeah. They came on a workshop and we did some coaching and stuff. Um, we actually did some coaching live in the room on day two. And um, they had a big breakthrough insight. Uh -huh. And their breakthrough insight was that they were alone. Huh. So they had, some, they had some thinking buried in their system. Yeah. Which they couldn't see. They were unconscious to it, which was I'm alone. Mm. And... Through the coaching process and and therefore insight insight mm. revealed that thinking to them mm. hey you think you're alone and then the cool thing about insight is insight then takes that thinking out of your system for you yeah it like does all the heavy lifting yeah it's the only sustainable way to drop thinking yeah but to get back to your you know, back to the example of making our thinking you know you asked me to talk about it. we're making our thinking true to make ourselves feel safe yeah so when this person was consulting and couldn't look people in the eye, they were making themselves alone. Yeah. Can yeah. you see that? Yeah. Because yeah. when I'm looking at you, yes. we're together. Right. And when I look away from you, 
you're alone and I'm alone. Sure. So that was that that was making that thinking true. Yeah, right. Yeah? Right. And they knew this was going on and they tried a whole lot of tips and techniques and strategies and discipline and habits to try and look at people. None of it was none of it worked. None of it was yeah. sticky, none of it was sustainable. Yeah. I had coffee with this person a few days after the workshop to check in. Mm. And the whole time during coffee they eyeballed me. Wow. And I, I shoulder tapped them, I, you know, I said to them, Hey, do you realise in this conversation you've been looking at me the whole time? And they burst into tears. Wow. In a really helpful way. They yeah. were they were overwhelmed and yes. they're going like, Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't realise I was doing that. Yeah. But it was easy for them to look at me. Yeah. Because they didn't have to make that thinking true anymore that I'm alone. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, it really does. It really does. Okay, uh, how cool is that? Oh, I'm and, moved and, just and, thinking about it. And, like that, and, that, and insight yeah. did all that heavy lifting. Yeah. There was mm. no tips, techniques. Mm. Yeah, because when I explain to people how the mind works, it's it's technique free. Mm. I'm not giving any... It's the only understanding for human psychology that I've come across, which mm. is free of technique. Yeah, right. Everything else, even even dear old mindfulness involves a technique. Yeah. Do you want to see, say a bit more to that then? Because I know that's that could be something that people are associating with what you're what you're saying. Well, look, I don't want to pick a fight with mindfulness. Yeah, sure. Um, in fact, I love it because mindfulness has put psychology on the table. Mm. You know, we're having this podcast now about the mind and mm. about psychology people are talking about mindfulness and work mm. and they haven't talked about psychology and business for a long time you know i said before i worked at nike around the corner back in in the late 90s early 2000 and you know we used to had a big budget and i used to blow a lot of that budget on sponsoring athletes mm. and athletes had these these like really really gifted athletes were surrounded by helpers and they had massage people and 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 psych, sports psychologists and all this sort of stuff, sure. so they could maintain high performance. And I'm going like, man, why don't we do that at work? Yeah, why don't we have all these people helping us at work? You know, <laughs> how, come, how come the athletes get it? You know, what's, right. what's all that, what's yeah. that about? It's a good observation, though. Yeah. So and and now, thankfully, I think because of I think because mindfulness has made psychology more approachable and friendly, and we where we can talk about it in a safe way. It's put mm. psychology on the table. Mm. Thank God, because now we're talking about it. Um, but it still involves a technique mm. and a doing. And I don't have a beef against techniques and doings um, because th they're good ideas. Mm. But when you understand how the mind works, all I'm doing is pointing to where good ideas come from in life. Sure. And and everyone everyone is born with the capacity to apprehend good ideas. Yeah. But it's looking in the wrong place. Yeah. I love that. Where to next, Greg? What else is on your mind? Uh... Well, I wouldn't. I, I, I'd like. I'd like to just say a couple of things about medicine, which is really interesting yeah. me. Yeah, sure, go for it. Um, so you're starting to you're starting to get a feel for what I say when you know we're making our thinking true because yeah. it makes makes us feel safe. Mm. Mm. And um, the mind is always re, is is always regurgitating to us our thinking so that we can make sense of life outside of us yeah which is part of that safety yeah and and we see that sometimes you know you might think of you know changing your car and you might be interested in buying a new um you might want to buy a volkswagen yeah say mm -hmm. like a um like a beetle say mm -hmm. you want to buy a volkswagen beetle and then you'll drive to work one day and you'll see all these volkswagen beetles <laughs> right it was the day before you hadn't seen any yeah right and they didn't just show up yeah it's because it's on your mind your mind I mean, when you think about it, your mind has looked at all of the cars in the traffic, sure. every single one, yeah. and it's found a match. Nice. And it's brought that to your attention. Wow. So you can see how, wow. it's, you can see how it's powerful and it's designed yeah. to help you, eh? Yeah, yeah. But 
it's good to know that that's how it works, but to to not be consumed by that because it's sure. just it's just matchmaking in the background. Right. And when you know that when you understand how that works, you can just let it do the matchmaking without it overly directing your life. Wow. I'll give you one silly example because I, I remember years ago, I my brother was as a entrepreneur builder. And he, used to, he used to build. Um, catwalks and stuff for fashion shows. I'm yeah. showing my age now because we we built the set, the runway for um, Face of the Eighties. Okay. And I was his lackey, so I used to do all the heavy lifting and yeah. hammer the nails, and it was hard work. And he, he never gave me a break. You know, <laughs> it was a classic big brother little brother scenario. Yeah. And I used to I used to have to tell a white lie just to get a break, and I said like, I'm going to the bathroom, you know, oh, just yeah. to just to you know hmm. have a breather. And sometimes I'd say to him, look, you know, it's number two. This is going to be a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want just 90 seconds break, yeah, right? Yeah, right, right. Hope you don't mind me using that turn of phrase on sure. your podcast. So I remember I sat down on the toilet once just to have a relax and put my head in my hands. And on the way down, my, my um, this is in the old days when the toilet tissue stuck out of the wall like toilet, like sandpaper. It was, oh, yeah. it was terrible. Yeah, right. And my ear brushed it. My, yeah. the, the toilet yeah. paper brushed my ear. Yeah. And I stood up and I was flapping my hands around and freaking out. Because I thought that I heard a um, wasp. Oh, okay. So this noise went into my ear. Mm. It goes into my database of thinking. Yeah, right. Including noises. Yeah. Found a match. Yeah. Wasp. And I'm going like, shit, there's, there's a wasp. So yeah. I'm, I'm trying to have a rest. Yeah, here yeah, I am freaking out. It was classic. I'm going like, that didn't work. <laughs> Should have gone number ones after all. Um, mm. But that, that, that's that whole matchmaking thing. Yeah. And that's, yeah. That, that's part of that, how we make ourselves feel safe. We're always finding sure. that match and that makes us, that's happening instantaneously, invisibly, mm. all of the time. Mm. Like it's really, really powerful. Yeah. Um, so... This is where I think this is where it gets interesting for medicine because if this is a new paradigm and a new explanation and a revolution, I believe for mm. human psychology, I can see that it's going to be a revolution and a new paradigm for health. Mm. Because when people are have got thinking in their system which is unhelpful and they're not aware of it, mm. it'll ankle tap you, and and you're going to be making that true mm. even when you don't know what that thinking is. And when you think about the mind and thought, they are formless. Mm-hmm. Right, because you can't see them. Yeah, sure. And they're invisible. And some people would call them spiritual because they are of no form. Yeah. And, but we live in bodies which are form, and we live in lives which are form. But it all starts in the formlessness. Yeah. You get to see that mind is the creative energy and force behind all life. Mm. Uh, so it's the creator of your good experiences and your bad experiences. Sure. And when you see how it works, the bad, unhelpful experiences start to dismantle. Mm. Yeah, my clients would report. Um, you know, that their, their stress and pressure, people get to see that stress, pressure, anxiety, fear, doubt, worry, jealousy, guilt, all of those things are psychological constructs that we're making them up with their thinking. Mm. And, and, and when people see that insightfully, that's, they don't entertain it anymore. Mm. And they either go in a flash or they just dismantle mm. over time down to zero or near zero levels. Mm. That takes a lot of thinking off your mind. Uh, it leaves it leaves you living more in the present moment because you you don't have all that th- you not you don't have that thinking going on. Sure. And when you're living there, you start to you, be, you become more open minded, which you become more open to this flow of potential coming from mind, which mm. shows up in the form of grace, well being, love, joy, connection, rapport, deep listening, health, well being, wisdom, common sense, creativity, and insight. You know, that's mm. that's always available in life. Mm. But when you've got some thinking, e.g., 
I am, I'm alone. Yeah. And you're making that true. Yeah. You can see how that disconnects you from the good shit. Yeah. And insight removes that unhelpful thinking, and then boom, for you're, you're, you're sitting more in mind and you're buoyed by all of these helpful phenomena, mm. and you're off to the races. You mm. know, you have more curiosity and more inspiration and more insight. You flourish and, and you realize your potential. And once you've experienced that for yourself, you can then naturally help other people do that, i.e., you're a leader. Mm. But to hark back to medicine, mm-hmm. sorry for that little interlude. No, not at all. Um, if we're making our thinking true, how we make it true shows up in form. Mm. And um, so when you look at your form and you look at your health and well-being, you realize that your body's your body is a downstream artifact of thinking that you've got in the formlessness of life. Sure, yeah. Your body is, a, is form and your thinking is formless. Mm-hmm. And... The f- all form of life is preceded with formlessness. Mm. Another way of saying that is, you know, upstream is formless, mm-hmm. mind and thought. Yeah. Downstream is form, including body and health. Yeah. So, and what I'm seeing with my clients is that their health and well-being is, isn't coming from their situation. It's mm. coming solely from their psychology. Mm. Mm. Some examples? Yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest, I, I, I don't have a problem getting on board with that like on, on i guess on one level already that lines up with um some awareness that started to come with just how stress and anxiety for example mm. uh people who have experienced heart disease yeah and that sort of thing yeah um that that places a strain on the body mm. uh i mean something of our physiology says that broadly speaking if there is a threat what happens in mm. our bodies well mm. you know our bodies flush with adrenaline mm. Uh, our heart rates pick up, mm. our, our breath gets shallow. Mm. And if you live in that space all the time, um, in conversations I've had along this with others, I've, I've never had a problem struggle with this idea that could you, do you think that if your body's constantly in that state, you're going to have better health or better, better health mm. or worse health? Mm-hmm. You have worse health. Mm. Um, but we have adopted a certain, I mean, there's a bit of a culture of, glorification of being overly busy and stressed out anyway right it's mm. a badge of honor for a lot of people mm. um but it's not helpful <laughs> the shake of the head there <laughs> it's crazy yeah it's really really unhelpful yeah um i'll still like to check a couple of examples out yeah, on please because, do. because it's, it's it's interesting how how it, it can make sense mm. um <clears throat> so i'm trying to think of again can't mention names mm. uh won't mention names but um, I'll just see what shows up. One one idea, one one example comes to mind where one of my clients was suffering from migraines on a very regular basis mm-hmm. and debilitating, bedridden for three, four, five days at a time mm. on a on a pretty regular basis. Sure. And um, you know, I, I had I had insight about their health condition, mm. and it doesn't matter who has insight. It doesn't yeah. matter who it flows through. Sure. The opportunity is for insight to show up. And I, I realised that this person had a lot of shit in their life, <laughs> but it struck me as insightful. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I chuckled when I yeah. saw it, but it also it, it felt insightful, which yeah. meant I knew it was insightful. And I thought, okay. oh my god, I got to share this with this person. So we yeah. caught up and they had a coffee, and I said, look, I had an insight about your migraines, which I'd like to share. Can, can I? And they went, yeah, yeah, of course, because yeah. they don't like them, right? It's yeah. like totally a bummer. 
And, I, and they said, yeah, please share. So I shared. I said, look, you seem to have a lot of shit in your life. And they go, what do you mean? I go, well, you know, when the weather's not so great, you go like, oh, the weather's shitty and the work email's not working and why can't they sort this shit out? And, <laughs> you know, the, the children are misbehaving, the little shits. And it was, it was just their language. Like, it was just yeah. like wall-to-wall shit. <laughs> and, but I said it in a nice way. Like, no, I, was, sure, I said sure. it with yeah. compassion. It's got to be as real as you can. Yeah, right. And um, I said to, you know, it's interesting when you look at shit. <laughs> because, you know, a lot of people will equate that to when we go to the bathroom. Yeah, and, right. you know, we eat food and we yeah. extract the good stuff and what we don't need just passes through. Right. And when, we, when, our, when our system becomes overloaded, because it's, um, you know, we try and achieve homeostasis on the inside, mm. the organs support each other. When one organ is weak, the other organs will lend a hand. Mm. And when, when we have too much shit going through our system, it's going to tax the other organs. Sure. And that could show up. Um, you know, it will, you might use the skin, you know, you could end up with, you know, having more sweat or smelly sweat or bad breath or whatever, you know. So, and you could imagine that if your system was maxed out, you would use all of the organs to help try and get rid of this waste. Yeah. And you can imagine that eventually it would have no choice to go through the brain, but that would be the last port of call. Right. That would be your last point of exit. Sure. Because you want to use all the other ones first because the brain's important. Yeah, right. So, it was like she had this excess shit in her system exiting through her brain. It was just giving her a doozy of a headache. Yeah, right, right. And that's what I said. <laughs> and she, she's sitting there and going, and her jaw drops, and she didn't say anything. I'm going like, hello, are you, yeah, are you yeah. still there? And yeah. um, she was. She had an oh my God moment. Yeah, yeah. It was insightful for her. Like, yeah. it, it really resonated. Yeah. Because insight resonates. Yeah. You know, you know, one form of insight is what's true for you will resonate in your body. What's mm. true for resonate will resonate mm. in my body. That's mm. that's a that's true for all human beings. It mm. resonated as being true for her in mm. her, and she didn't have a migraine for six months. Wow. And that's after going to all the doctors, drugs, mm. scans, yada yada yada, mm. like a lot of coin, mm. and no insight, no no migraines for six months. Yeah. And then she rang me one day and said, "Oh, I've had a bit of a headache or something." I went, cool, that's helpful. And she goes, what do you mean it's helpful? And I said, well, that just, that's just life telling you that some shit's crept in. It's trying to wake you up. And she went, oh, right. yeah, I hadn't seen it like that. Yeah, So right. she, was, she was able to nip it in the bud. Yeah, yeah. Amazing, eh? That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's, that's an area that intrigues me no end. Mm. Uh, my father was a doctor. I think it might, I don't think I fell far from, from the tree. Mm. Um, so that I want to devote more and more of my time to this so that, people can reconnect with their birthright of being healthy, happy, and whole. Mm. And uh, so that's going to be part of my work moving forward. And, th- and then I'll use that to create a probably a more... S- I'll use that to create a, a, a product where we can help change the culture inside business. Mm. Because I think if you go to a business and, and change the culture, most people don't want it. The CEO wants culture change. The board wants it. The shareholders wants it. But most sure. staff members... Are living in busyness, as you spoke to. Yeah, they don't want another process, mm. you know, because they're already maxed out. Mm. But so that, that I don't think that, I don't think they're interested. I don't think the whole staff are interested in culture change. Yeah. But if you went to them and said, "Look, would you like to experience a simple understanding, which is going to help you be healthy, happy, and whole everywhere in life, not just at work, but at home and play?" Most people are going to put their hand up. Yeah. So so this is this will segue nicely into a culture transformation. Mm. Um, product that I can take to business. Cool. Mm. 
one thing I want to make sure we come back to because it, it's shown up for me a couple of times in this conversation. Um, but you've alluded to a number of times this relationship between thinking and feeling mm. um, that we talked about this a little bit before we started the podcast, that it, it's an understanding that uh, I find lacking in a lot of the conversations I've had that my observation would be people tend to fall into one or the other camp, uh, that there are those who on a, you know, on a feeling level, an emotional level, they are all about what they're feeling. But that makes them either, you know, high highs and low lows. Um, and then others, which is where I would have put myself a few years ago, uh, fall more into the thinking camp that say, no, I want to have more control over things. Mm. And so I'm not going to pay attention to my feeling. Mm. I am just going to live according to my thinking. Mm. Um, but it's a breakdown of of actually how the mind works and how feeling and thinking support one another. So mm. is that something you could say more to? Yeah, it's a... I'm going to have a crack at it. Yeah. I'm going to um, try and answer it in a using a using a particular metaphor. Okay. Because I think both of those approaches stem from a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. I think that when people uh, either don't understand their emotions and they start living with their thinking and try and control life, that's that's a misunderstanding. That yeah. would be a good idea. Yeah. And that's the best that people can come up with. Mm-hmm. Based on the based on you know not understanding how it really works. At the same time, some people just live with their emotions and they're emotional and they ride the roller coaster. Mm. And both of those, to me, would be devoid of this simple truth that's before that or upstream of that, mm. which is that we're always living in the feeling of our thinking. Mm. You know, life is a psychological experience. It's not happening to us; it's happening from us. Mm. And the primary vehicle, the primary vehicle, is thought. Now, if I'm living in my thinking and you're living in in, our, in your thinking and we're all living in our thinking. I want, I want to know what is thought, mm. what is thinking, yeah. what does it get up to, yeah. how does it roll, yeah. what, what, is, what is the nature of thought. Yeah. That would be helpful, eh? Because yeah. if I'm living in it, I want to know what am I living in, yeah. you know, who are you and what do you get up to. All right. And a simple analogy would be to say that it's like the weather. Okay. We, can't, we can only control a very, very small percentage of our thinking, 5 10%. Sure. So a lot of it is we can't control. And we know that because we all have random thoughts. Yeah. Good thoughts, bad thoughts, dark thoughts. You know, we can't control them. Mm. Um, and our thinking is much like the weather. You know, it's seasonal. Sometimes it's chaotic. Sometimes it's still. Sometimes it's warm. Sometimes it's cold. And you, you get to see that it's just the weather. Mm. And it's not, it's not actually important. It's just this, the noise that's coming out of this amusement park that's built into us. Mm. It's just the thought that's flowing through us is the weather. And when you see that it's not real and we're making it up, it changes your relationship with it. Mm. A lot of people are hell-bent on quietening their mind. I don't think you have to. Okay. I, I would say that if you think you need to quieten your mind, you're using thought to fight thought. That doesn't, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't work. Right, okay. You've got this river of thought flowing through you, and when you see that it's just us doing the best we can, making it up mm. in life moment to moment, when you see that insightfully, the insightfulness of that experience changes your relationship with that thinking and with that river. Mm. And and rather than living in the river and getting pushed around by your own thinking, when you see that that's what we're living in, insight plonks you on the bank, mm. and you're living on the riverbank, mm. and, and and you just see the thought, the thinking flow past, without destabilizing you. Mm. You don't treat it as being the single option or truth or gospel. It's just this psychological static that's creating this weather in our psychological system. Mm. It's just the weather. Right. It's not real. 
And But what is real is that what's true for you will resonate in you and insight is real. Those mm. things are real and helpful. But they're not part of the weather system. They're an earthquake. Mm. Okay. And earthquakes feel different to the weather. Right. I like that. Yeah. It's And the more you realize that earthquakes are available, you just listen for them and you notice mm. them and you have more because mm. they're always there. Because mm. because then you know what you're listening to. Sure. And, and when you realize that the weather, we're making it up, it no longer distracts you. Yeah. And when you're not distracted by the weather, you are instantaneously freed to notice the earthquakes. Yeah, cool. Cool. When we, Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was thinking in terms of, it brought me back to something you mentioned earlier about when we try and describe insight to people. And this is why, you know, if you're listening to this as well, what's exciting is that you've already experienced insight in your own life. Uh, everybody has that they are the moments that you might have called an aha moment mm. or, uh, you know, a eureka moment mm. or, or whatever it is. Um, and they are a full body experience. Yeah. You know, they are, uh, it's, it's the difference between um, when I talked about, a, you know, just a good idea, um, that an insight is something where you go like, oh, wow. And it's exciting. It's, mm. it's, it's profound. And it, it, it does feel different. Mm. Um, but what I love about, this this kind of understanding is that it, it helps you see that it is a natural part of how how you made you're designed to experience new thinking like that that mm. is helpful mm. um and it does feel a bit different and the moment you recognize that and insightfully build a bit of confidence into saying oh yeah okay yeah i can i can have those kind of moments mm. then those are the things you're you're looking to really base your decisions on mm. as opposed to um and it's a conversation we've had previously that Without that, what we tend to do is we take the thinking that we have mm. and we just kind of repackage it and throw mm. it at the same problem again. Yeah. Um, but if it's true that we are creating our experience of life with our thinking, the best you can do is reinforce mm. the current situation. Mm. What you need is new thinking. Mm. And so where do I get that from? Mm -hmm. That's an insight moment. Totally. Yeah, I mean, insight is like a, it's like thinking would be an ant and insight would be an atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. Mm. The difference in magnitude can be that big. Yeah. Um, and you do, you develop a relationship with them mm. and, 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 a, and a nose and a scent and a, you realize that you can have them and you start to trust them and rely upon them. You start having more mm. Mm. And, they're, and they're incredibly helpful. Yeah. And, you know, you, when you have insight, you know, you are living off thinking, which is coming from beyond you, from mind. Yeah. Rather than from your database of pre-existing thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, when you don't know how it works, you you lean on your database of pre-existing thoughts. And sure. What else can you do? Sure, sure. And, and, and that, that's Groundhog Day because you're just yeah. taking your old thinking. Most mm. people uh, try and live in the moment, but they go into a previous moment and grab some thinking and, and mm. whack it on this moment to make sense of it. Mm. That's why they use the word obvious. Mm. Nothing's mm. obvious. Mm. How do you know it's obvious? Because you don't know what's going to happen until the moment arrives. Sure. And then whatever happens is revealed in that moment. Mm. It, mm. It's... Life is a reveal. Yeah. It's not an obvious. Yeah. I like that. Life's can, a reveal. You, 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 yeah. can, you can use that one. I will. Yeah, I yeah. will. I, I sometimes say it's like a sushi train. You know, it's like <laughs> you've, got this, you've got these dishes coming at you on the sushi train. Yeah. And each dish is a moment. Mm. But the lids are opaque. Right. You don't, you don't know what's in the moment until the moment arrives and then the lids remove. Sure. And when you see life like that, you're just more eyes wide open. You're more curious. Mm. You're more excited. You don't know what's going to happen. Mm. But at the same time, you know that mind will give you what you need mm. to help you have success mm. and make a success of each moment mm. and, and 
the, curiously, the more you let go mm. and the more you relax and the more you calm down, the more you're supported. Mm. Mm. It's all so good, man. It's all so good. I mean, I, I think from from my experience, you know, what this has, has really, this understanding um, has added a lot of depth and meaning to what I would say of things that I've known spiritually, uh, you know, and you talked about, you know, in your own language that, you know, there's a formlessness mm. to life. Mm. Um, and so for me, even, you know, even as a Christian, I've found that this is still very compatible with still that idea that, wow, it's like there's this, you know, this, this wisdom and goodness that we've all mm. got mm. a connection to that wants to help us in life. Mm. Mm. Um, and that without that, you know, you can fall into trying and, and striving and effort mm. really, really heavily. Mm. Um, and I, I love the description you used when you said, you know, it's just, it's just that it's not helpful. Mm. Um, what I have found, oh, one of the many things I suppose is that when you understand that, you know, that insights are always helpful, mm. something that I saw for myself just recently was to say, well, if it's, you know, if I'm trying to decide, you know, if so certain things are in my life or whatever, and you do get trapped into your own thinking about it. One of the things that I saw was that going, well, look, is whatever this situation is is it helpful for me mm. it's like oh no that's oh, probably not true then mm. Mm. like just that that little kind of thing is incredibly freeing if, it, if it's just an understanding that well life's there to help you mm. it's life is full of good stuff yeah and it's right in front of you mm. Mm. well you you you, also, you you get to do you realize what what truth feels like when it resonates in you yeah and as soon as you know that by definition you know what non-truth feels like mm. Mm. And that that would be just non-truth, or it's unhelpful, or it's BS. Yeah. Call it whatever you want. Yeah, sure. But you know your you know your 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 um your BS filter or meter goes through the roof. Yeah. And like like me finding the key. Mm. Mm. So it's it's really helpful. I've got a lot of it's completely changed the way I solve problems. Because mm. I used to get my head around the problem and then try and crack that nut, and I'd I'd use my head and my knowledge to try and solve a problem. Sure. And sometimes I'd get a I'd invariably get a good result. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it would be quick. Sometimes it would take a long time. Now I get my head around it and then let it go. Wow. And go and do something else. Mm. And it's like in letting it go, I've given it to mine to solve and I just go about life. So mm. I'm still main, being productive, doing other things. Mm. And I'll be driving home and bumper out, mm. out of the blue as opposed to out of the grey. Yeah. Which is a nice distinction because yeah. insight doesn't come from grey matter. It comes yeah. from, you know, yeah. the, the, the blue or yonder or whatever. Um, I'll have insight and there's the answer Yeah, and I've always been curious about insight because you look at an insightful answer or an ins insightful solution to a problem and you look at it and you go like man that's so good and it's so eloquent and so deft and yeah. simple and powerful but I'd often see aspects to the solution that I'd never seen before like genuinely new information I'm going mm. like wow I'd never, I've never come across that concept before Yeah, yet it was revealed to me via insight whereas I always thought I had to lean on a book or a or a, some knowledge subject matter expert to have new information. Yeah, you know, right. in, insight can actually reveal to new thinking that you haven't had before. Yeah, that, that's a that's a cool phenomenon in life, eh? Oh yeah, and and, and quite I mean, different from school. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, mm. oh, man, so much of that. I've just we've eaten an hour quite happily. Um, so as a final. Final thoughts, I suppose. Um, if somebody wants to get in touch with you then, mm. uh, either in a coaching capacity for the workshops or, or anything like that, what's what's the best way that they would do that? Uh, well, if they know you, they could chat to you. Yeah. Because you've done a couple of workshops and 
we've never really had a formal coaching relationship. We've just had coffee. Yeah. And pretty much every time we have coffee, <laughs> you've, you've had insight. Yeah, eh? absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and some of them have been doozies, eh? Oh, massive. Massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like life-changing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Huge. So if people are interested, they can... Yeah. I didn't say... I'd, and you know Andrew, I'd say reach out to Andrew and then, you know, I'd, I'd rather you do that yeah, selling sure. for me. No, sure. Um, but I mean, my, my website is like never before, mm-hmm. .co.nz, and I run workshops... Auckland, Rotorua, and Wahi Beach. Mm-hmm. There's normally two workshops a month, and I do a bunch of coaching. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to work with anyone who wants to realise their potential. Mm. And a lot of them are business people, yeah, because they have teams and businesses want to achieve something. But I've worked with mums and dads. I've worked with a couple of um, teenagers. Uh-huh. Um, they were they were both 18 years old. Um, and had great success with all my clients. So it, it's anyone who feels stuck and wants to realise their potential. Um, it's a pretty. Well, you, I mean, you can talk about it because you've been you've essentially mm. been on the journey. It's a yeah. it's a pretty fascinating ride, eh? Oh yeah, I mean, personal personal testimonial moment. Um, absolutely. The just trying to think which one to one, which one to talk about. I remember uh, one of the more recent workshops I was on. You know, everyone there together thinking about what our goals are. And having an insightful moment about vulnerability, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, which, if you've listened to this podcast over the last little while, that might sound a little bit odd to you because I've actually even been surprised for myself. Like you had these out of body experiences where I've I've been quite happy to disclose a lot of the things that I've experienced in my life. Um, but I realised up to that moment I had a really negative adversarial view on vulnerability, and this was just something that Greg didn't tell me. Uh, nobody else in the room told me, but as I was kind of sitting there, I experienced it insightfully and just realized that, wow, I've got a real problem with this. I've got a real, I hated it was probably the strongest, the most accurate. Oh yeah. Couldn't say I would attack it. Well, I knew, I knew for you what showed up from my observation was that to you being vulnerable was unsafe. Yeah, definitely. And you don't have that thinking anymore. No. And now it serves you. Yeah. And and it's not a matter of, because previously... This is kind of the practical. I could, I learnt, I knew that there was something to be said for sharing your experiences, mm. but for me, it would always come from a more cold and calculated place after the fact, when I was a bit distanced from it, so I could tell somebody what had happened. So it sounded like it, but really, from that point of view, it was kind of case closed. Classic, right? Uh, as opposed to being able to share in the moment. Uh, oh, I'm a bit uncertain. I'm yeah. not really sure how I feel about this. I'm a bit nervous. I'm whatever so so rather than sharing the gold you were sharing a photo of the gold oh yeah that's really good yeah you can use that one too yeah and it was it was very you know it had the appearance of it but it was just it lacked it lacked impact like one of the phrases i've used actually i heard myself saying oh it's really good i'll keep that um having a discussion about something else entirely uh but one of the things that i notice about insight is that when something's insightful it's inherently powerful yeah uh, and we were sharing a bunch of ideas about something, and you just get used to what mind chatter sounds like versus insight. Yeah. And it was like yeah. a room full of people, and we're all going blah blah blah, and yeah. the next person goes blah 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 blah, and I'm sitting there thinking, this is boring, this is painful, and thinking, oh, like I had this kind of moment. And so we were discussing this idea, and somebody puts it, and I said, you know, that just for me, that just really lacks power. This has got nothing in it. Yeah. <laughs> it was just this kind of moment where yeah. you're like, huh, okay, uh, <laughs> but that's. That's what you're looking for now. Yeah. yeah. Those, those are the conversations I want to have. Like yeah, 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 yeah. That's where it's at. Well, that's the weather versus earthquake. Yeah. 
yeah. the, the weather is just the weather yeah it's just a distraction it's just a psychological amusement park that's built into the system that yeah. looks like it's real but it's not yeah when you see that it's not it no longer has command over you yeah and that frees you up to feel the earthquakes and then you're off to the races off to the races. That is Greg Menendez, everybody. LikeNeverBefore.co.nz if you want to learn more about him. But of course, I'm actually happy to answer any questions you might have about what his workshops are like. I have been on three of them now, uh, and each one profoundly insightful, profoundly helpful. Um, if you do want to know more about the principles that we talked about in general, again, these aren't ones that he's come up with himself. Uh, you can find books out there as well. One I would recommend is called Invisible Power. Uh, you can find it's a black book with a light bulb on the cover. You can get it off places like Book Depository. Would highly recommend it. So um, let me know your thoughts about this week as well. I'm really keen to get some feedback um, because, as I say, for me, this has been some of the most profound and helpful um learning that I've ever done um, and also unlocked a measure of creativity and as we've used the word insight that has just impacted me more than I could possibly explain in a one hour podcast so thank you um, once again for listening you can send through your thoughts to me at uh, the Andrew Curtis show at gmail.com 